Chapter 12 of A Book of Fairy Tale Foxes. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Matthew Thompson from www.scribblings.blog. A Book of Fairy Tale Foxes by Clifton Johnston. A Fox and His Friends. In a certain village, there once was a man whose whole property consisted of the house he dwelt in, a horse, a greyhound, and a gun. His only occupation was hunting, and he depended on the game he shot for his living. One fine day, he took his gun and called his dog, mounted his horse, and set off to hunt. He went up among the high mountains, and after riding a long distance, he reached a little open valley. On its far side, he tied his horse to a tree, and walked forward into the thick wood with his gun on his shoulder and his dog by his side. All day the man hunted, but he only killed a single deer. When he returned with it to the little valley, he was astonished to see a fox lying on the ground beside his horse. He raised his gun to shoot the creature, but Reynard, who had observed what the man was about, sprang quickly to his feet and said imploringly, For the love of heaven, spare my life. Let me be your servant. I will do your bidding faithfully and will guard your horse while you're hunting. The man took pity on the fox and said, All right, you can go home with me and you shall be well treated as long as you do as you've promised to do. Then he laid the deer across the horse in front of the saddle, mounted and returned to the village with his dog and the fox running along at the horse's heels. After he reached home, he skinned the deer, put away such portions of it as he wanted to eat and threw the rest to the fox. The night passed, and in the first dawn of morning, the man set out again. He took the fox with him, and went to the same high valley to which he'd gone the day previous. There he tied his horse, and left the fox to guard him while he went into the forest to hunt. By and by, a bear came along, and saw the horse, and would have killed it and devoured him, but the fox said, I beg you not to harm this horse. He belongs to a hunter who is my master. Stay with me till the hunter returns, and he will allow you to become his servant, and will take us both to his home and feed us. If that is so, he is just a master as I would like to have, the bear said joyfully, and he lay down beside the fox to await the man's return. Late in the day, the man came out of the woods carrying two deer that he had killed. He was much surprised to see a bear lying there with the fox, and he threw down the deer and hastily took aim at the bear with his gun. But the fox sprang forward and said, I beseech you, good sir, to spare this bear's life. Take him home with you, and he will keep me company in guarding your horse, and he will aid you in every need and danger. Very well, the man said. It shall be as you wish. Then he adjusted the two deer across his horse and rode home in high good humour, accompanied by the fox and the bear. On the following day, he again went hunting in the mountains and left his horse in the same little valley. The fox and the bear had come too, and they stayed with the horse as guards. While the man was roaming in the forest with his gun and his dog, a wolf saw the horse and would have sprung on him had the fox not interposed. Do not do this horse injury, the fox said. This bear and I are here to protect him, and he belongs to our master. I advise you to join us in serving the owner of the horse. He will take you to his house and feed and lodge you. Then I will be his servant, the wolf said. The man presently came back to the valley, and he would have shot the wolf had the fox not leapt forward and explained that the wolf 
intended to serve him. This time, he had three of the wild creatures of the forest following him when he went home. The next day, he rode forth and climbed once more to the remote valley in the mountains, and there he left his three servants guarding his horse. While he was hunting, this time a great bird of the desert came soaring over the forest heights. The bird spied the hunter's steed and swooped down to carry him off. But the fox entreated the bird not to harm the horse and urged him to join the other animals in serving the horse's master. The bird of the desert agreed to do this as the fox suggested and they all went home with the man and he fed them and took care of them. They lived very happily with him and always accompanied him when he went hunting. One day, the fox said this to his companions. See here, my friends. We must provide a wife for our worthy master. Good, the others exclaimed. But how shall we go about it? We do not know where to find any suitable maiden for him. The emperor has a daughter, Reynard said. Let us get her for our master. Bird of the desert, I think you'd better attempt the task while the rest of us remain here. Set off at once to the imperial castle, and after you arrive, watch until the princess goes out for a walk. Then, seize her and bring her back with you. So the bird of the desert spread his broad wings, and away he flew to the imperial castle. There he alighted in a tall tree and watched for the emperor's daughter. Just at nightfall, she and her waiting women came out of the castle and started for a walk. But in a trice, the bird of the desert flapped down to where she was, put her on his back, and flew with her to the home of his master. The princess was beautiful and amiable, and the hunter was youthful and clever, and they grew very fond of each other. Everything progressed as the fox and his friends could have desired, and presently the wedding was celebrated. Meanwhile, there was great consternation at the imperial castle. The emperor was much distressed to have his daughter carried off, and he offered a rich reward to whoever should bring her home safely. But for some time, no one would undertake the adventure. Then, a gypsy woman presented herself before the emperor. Your Highness, she said, if your daughter still lives here, I think I can find her. Hurrah! the emperor cried out in delight. And as soon as you bring her here to me, you shall have the rich reward. The gypsy woman went home, and by her enchantments, learned that the princess was distant ten days' journey at the home of the hunter. In order to go thither, she decided to use a magic rug that was in her possession. Without delay, she seated herself on the rug, gave it a crack with her riding whip, and up rose the rug into the air. It carried her straight to the place where the hunter was living with his wife, the emperor's daughter. She allowed herself to descend to the ground a short distance from the hunter's dwelling, and left her rug and riding whip lying there. Then she hid among some bushes, close to the house entrance, and watched until the princess came out for her evening walk. The princess had gone only a little way when the gypsy woman joined her, as if by chance, and they went along together. Presently the gypsy woman artfully induced her companion to turn aside on a bypath that took them to where the magic rug lay outspread on the grass. No sooner did the princess see it than she exclaimed, Why, here is a nice rug. Let us sit on it. Nothing could have pleased the gypsy woman better. They seated themselves on the rug, she gave it a blow with her riding whip, and away they went through the air to the imperial castle as swift as the wind. The joy of the emperor was boundless when his daughter was restored to him, and he gave the gypsy woman a generous reward. Afterward, he shut the princess up in her room and forbade her to leave. There she had to stay with two maids to watch and wait on her. 
The hunter and his servants were a good deal disconcerted by the disappearance of the princess, and the fox did not rest until he learned what had become of her. Then he summoned his fellow animals to a council and addressed them in these words. Friends and comrades, we succeeded in marrying our master to the daughter of the emperor, but she has been forcibly taken away and he is left lonely. We must bring her back. She is now in the emperor castle kept under strict watch and is never allowed to leave her chamber. It's only by strategy that we can regain possession of her. What shall we do? The bear asked. Well, the fox said, I can think of nothing better than to have the bird of the desert carry me to the emperor's garden. After we get there, I will transform myself into a pretty striped kitten and will play about under the princess's window. When she sees me, she will send her maids to catch me, but I shall not allow myself to be caught until the princess herself comes out. Bird of the desert, you are to be near at hand, and the moment she seizes me, you are to pick her up and carry us both back here. They all agreed that this was a good plan, and the bird of the desert immediately took the fox on his back and flew with him to the imperial castle. There he set him down. No sooner did Reynard feel solid ground under his feet than he transformed himself into a pretty striped kitten and began to spring about in the most graceful and fantastic fashion beneath the window of the princess's chamber. Thus, he succeeded in attracting her attention, and she sent her maids down to bring the kitten to her. But Reynard, though in a cat form, still had a fox's cunning, and he did not allow himself to be caught. When the princess saw how the kitten eluded her maids, she herself came out and joined in the chase, and she caught the kitten with no trouble at all. But that instant, the bird of the desert flew forth from his place of concealment, seized her with the kitten still in her grasp, and bore them away to the home of the hunter. As soon as the emperor was informed of what happened, he ordered his army to prepare for war, and to march as promptly as possible against the hunter and his beasts. About the time that the army set forth on its expedition, Reynard learned of the emperor's plans, and summoned his comrades to consider what has to be done. We are in great peril, he said. The emperor's marching with his whole army to exterminate us. Our only way to defeat him is to raise a great force of our friends and make a brave stand against him. Mr. Bear, how many bears can you muster? More than three hundred, the bear replied. What can you do, Mr. Wolf? the fox asked next. I can bring five hundred wolves, the wolf answered. And you, bird of the desert, what can you furnish? the fox inquired. I promise to recruit at least two hundred birds like myself, was the response. Splendid, the fox cried. Go all of you and assemble your forces. When they are ready, I will tell you what to do next. So the bear and the wolf betook themselves to the forest, and the great bird flew off to the desert. Soon heaven and earth resounded with the din of approaching multitudes. Here came the army of the bears, there came the wolves, and the sky was darkened with a thundercloud by the host of birds of the desert. When the creatures were all drawn up in martial array, the fox said, Tonight, after the emperor has encamped, you bears must go and stampede all of his horses. But he will procure fresh horses, and the next night, you wolves must creep into the camp and gnaw all the saddles so they will be useless. However, the emperor will get another supply of saddles, and on the third day, will be ready to begin his march. As soon as he starts, you birds of the desert must be prepared to drop great pieces of rock down on the army. All agreed to do as the fox had ordered, and the several detachments of the beasts set forth. 
The first night, when the Imperial hosts had encamped, the bears drove off all the horses. Early the next morning, the soldiers went to the Emperor and said, Wild beasts prowled into the camp last night and frightened the horses so that they have all run away. Then get me more horses, the Emperor commanded, and be ready to march on the morrow. The horses were procured, but on the second night, the wolves came and gnawed at the saddles. In the morning, the soldiers awoke and saw the havoc and went to the Emperor. Your Majesty, they said, bending low, some wild creatures again entered the camp last night, and they've ruined all the saddles by gnawing them to tatters. Then buy more saddles and be ready to march tomorrow at dawn, the Emperor ordered. More saddles were hurriedly bought, and the next morning the troops mounted their horses to ride forward on their expedition. But they had scarcely started when the birds of the desert began to let fall great numbers of heavy stones into the midst of the troops. The men became frightened and confused. Their horses pranced about in terror, and the emperor shouted, My brave soldiers, it is impossible for you to fight when you are assailed in such a fashion. Let the hunter and the beasts keep my daughter. I command you to retreat before you are destroyed by the rocks that descend from the sky. So they all went as fast as they could go, and after that, the hunter and his wife lived in peace and joy to the end of their days. End of chapter 12 Recording by Matthew Thompson from www.scribblings.blog